Welcome back <laughs> to the Emo Hello, Social Club everyone. podcast. Uh, I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. And we're back. This, we haven't uh, actually had an episode where both of us were talking on at the same time in a couple weeks. So here we are again, back at it. Back Please. at it again with the new vans. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome back. Happy to have you here. Uh, before we get into uh, the content of this episode, I'm just going to rant about Game of Thrones for a couple minutes. Uh, if you are a fan and you've watched the new episode, uh, I'm not going to talk about spoilers. So if you haven't watched it, that's fine. Uh, you're not going to hear any spoilers from this. Uh, it was awesome and I loved it and I'm super excited and I'm stoked on it and it's a very good TV show. And now everybody's just making all these jokes on the internet about like, oh, cool, you haven't seen an episode of Game of Thrones. And it's like what we've talked about before is like, just if you don't have anything nice to say or cool to say to somebody, like, why, why are you talking? <laughs> like, like, you can just not watch a TV show. That's fine. Just because other people are excited about something, I don't understand how that negatively impacts, like, your feelings about it. Oh, no, I agree. I've never watched Game of Thrones, but it's like, why are you being like, oh, I'm like the 1% who hasn't watched it? It's like, okay, cool. Also, that like, is impossible. Why are you bragging? I mean, from what I heard, it's a great show, so I don't understand why you would be like, I never watched this, though. Like, yeah. okay, you are you didn't watch a good show. Like, okay, weird yeah. flex. I, I mean, I got weird uh, uh, responses when I would say, like, eh, I'm just not super into Mad Men or I didn't really enjoy Breaking Bad that much. Like, these just weren't shows that, like, really hit me in the same way they hit a lot of other people. But, mm -hmm. like, I, Game of Thrones didn't at first either. And then I got uh, I, I took a second chance on it and I ended up really liking it. And I got uh, super into, like, podcasts about it and, and learning more about, like, the books and all that and. Yeah, it's just like it's exciting. It's a cool world and it's a cool story to me. And there's a lot of like uh, uh, intricate webs and shit of like, let's put this all together and figure out how it's all going to like come to fruition. And I'm into that. And uh, if you're not, that's also uh, fucking fine. But uh, that's also fucking well, Ashley, to mention George R. R. Martin won um, the Chicago Public Literary Award. It'll actually be along with um, another Chicagoan, Eve L. Ewing. I think I've heard the name before of her, but I don't know her work. Mm. But um, he's actually going to be making an appearance in Chicago, too. Mm. Maybe we can finally get those last two books out of him that I still won't read because... I was about to say, those are books. thick books. They're thick. Thick, thick. books. And I have the oh, audiobooks, so but they're read by a guy who's just like... Bam, 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 bam. And I'm like, you gotta... I don't like audiobooks. They go too slow for me. You can speed them up. I tried uh, that. Though, I, and I'll be read, I read really quickly, so I don't want to Fair. feel like I'm slowed down. Like I walk really quickly in the morning, <laughs> and when people are like walking, like it's like a Sunday stroll, and I'm like, "This is Tuesday rush hour commute, Karen. Oh I need God. you to pick up the pace." Ah, oh, it's always fucking Karen. Karen, anyway, get, your, George get the let out. 
um, in Chicago at, on October 10th at 5.30 p.m. Individual tickets start at $1,250. Ladies and gentlemen, the Emo Social Club is currently fundraising for <laughs> at least $1,200. Also, no. You got no, 50, no. Yeah. No, that's... that's... All, all the money raised goes straight to the Chicago Public Library Foundation, though. So okay. it's for a good cause. Yeah. Uh, but it's money. Yeah. Everyone, please just give a couple bucks to the Chicago Public Library. Thank <laughs> you. Mention. Just do that instead. Um, Endgame. Avengers Endgame will also be out uh, by the time that we put up the next episode of this podcast. So I'm going to talk about it now because I probably won't talk about it for the next one. Uh, I'm excited for it. And uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just keep it there. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, there's all these memes about it now on the internet of like, hey, if you're super, if you're not into something, like, just let people enjoy the things that they're into. You don't need to be trying to look cool because you don't like something. So that's my PSA at the top of this episode is, yeah, that's correct, though. That's like a good take. Like, just let people like the shit they like. And if they're not into something, that's also unless okay. it's like unless it's like bad. Like if it's like harming people, then like don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> yes. I'm talking about TV shows and general entertainment. Yeah, like not if, so if we're much talking like, about other things, like, hey guys, I'm like a sociopath and I like to go outside and like capture animals and like torture them. Like, no, that is not right. That's we will not let people enjoy that. That is uh, 100% not what I'm talking about. I'm just it's saying. Just TV and movies. <laughs> yeah, general PSA. Uh, don't be into people doing weird shit, I guess. There's I levels of shit, but there's some fucked up weird shit levels too. Like, don't do that. Sure. Um, but can we also talk about how the Star Wars uh, trailer dropped? Yeah. And they're teasing the return of uh, Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. I don't know. That's my one like really nerdy thing, I guess, because I really thought that all the Avengers movies started to look like cheap TV made for movies, but like made for TV movies to me. So I like just stopped watching it like after Thor 2. Oh, you've missed out. Thor Ragnarok, Guardians, Guardians 2. I like Guardians. I like Guardians. Those are the only ones because they're not like really super aligned with mm. like Avengers necessarily. I think that's why I liked it more, but I was like, I'm severe. And I also don't like Iron Man, nor do I like Captain America. What? What is happening? <laughs> anyway, what were you talking about Star Wars? Let's get back to Star Wars. Well, Star Wars is great. Yeah, Star Wars is real good. I'm, I'm really uh, hyped for Star Wars land to open in Disney World and to go there. Yeah, that'll be good. I, um, I have the hot take of really enjoying uh, The Last Jedi when no one else did uh i just like it's they were listen i think everyone's just trying to compare it to like the old stuff and you can't compare it to the old stuff in the same way like it's I just not going to be the same because you yeah. have to appeal to a different type of audience now yeah it's not people who are like immediately are awestruck by like the basic simplicity yeah like you have to cater to those people which is why the storylines seem pretty formulaic for the most part but then you also have like, oh, we have like this new younger audience, so we have to have like all these additional things added to it. And it's like yeah. it's not that hard to just accept it. Like <sighs> I can understand like real critiques about it, but I would also say if you if you watch it again, uh 
think of it like it's an anime because there were a lot of very like straight up anime sequences in it. Like me and my friend were sitting there like there's like some weird like Naruto type references in this. Like Stop. I'm serious, but like watch it because like it's there. Don't ruin this for me. How is that? Oh, I'm just making it better for you. Anyway, let's do some quick plugs. The only anime I watch is Sailor Moon and Attack on Titan, and that's okay. it. Okay, keep watching. <laughs> All right, plugs. Uh, real quick, off the top. Uh, the next emo night, LA, in Chicago, is on May 4th. Uh, I am basically DJing all of them now. I've <laughs> been brought on as like a guest DJ for for the summer um yeah so if you are around on may 4th it's a saturday it's the only saturday that we uh have for the summer um should be really cool should be a lot of fun for for you and and your friends uh the last one uh that we were both at was real intense real surprisingly intense it really was call me maybe came on that was it uh so i (laughs) Uh, Siska was only going to play for like a little while. And then, uh, he was like, man, like I only brought this many songs to play on my, on my playlist, but I feel like a lot of it's going to like bring the crowd down. Can I borrow some ears? I'm like, yeah. Or like even better, like just play Carly Rae Jepsen. And he's like, uh, and I was like, fine, I'll do it. So after he was done, do I played, I played call me maybe. And it went off. It was excellent. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the next one will probably be something weird like that, too, because we just have fun. Uh, shout out to Chelsea, who puts on the event here. Uh, she does hard work. I know what it's like to do work like that and put on an event <clears throat> basically all by yourself. Um, she gets support from like the main Emo Night LA uh, team. But for the most part here in Chicago, it's her. It's her uh, merch. It's her uh, setting up with everybody who needs to come out and, and be a part of the night. So that's merch person, photographers, videographers, if there are any, uh, anything like that is all her. And she does a great job of just putting on a real good time. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to have everybody in a room just sort of jumping up and down to the music and, and having fun. So May 4th or, uh, yeah, May 4th, we'll see you. We'll see you there. Subterranean in Chicago. Uh, my cover band, Addie's Corner, also has a show on June 7th at Cubby Bear. Uh, we, I think, just put it up. I don't know if it's actually an event on Facebook yet. I'll have to double check on that. But, uh, yeah, keep that in your calendars. Write it down, jot it down in your Chandler right now and, uh, keep that on hand because that show is going to be fun if you're into that. And then later that night, uh, funny enough, is, uh, Ema Night LA at some tree again. <laughs> So, wow, you're just running back and forth, back and yeah. forth. Double whammy. Uh, I'm into it. I like it. A fun, just running. It's okay. We we did that when we went to both emo nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Back to it's back doable. emo nights. It's doable. Um, Lizzie, you got anything going on? Tomorrow, if anyone is so inclined and in in, in is in the Arlington Heights area, I am uh, working. For my job, giving away these sick limited edition XRT mugs <laughs> for the first 50 people and a $250 Visa gift card. So if you want to come through a random sprint store in Arlington Heights and hang out, you can definitely do that with me. <laughs> All of the information is on XRT's website. And I'll be doing it the Saturday afterwards, too. 
if you feel so inclined, I am also just working on a couple other video projects for class. I'm going to interview our friend Connor Skelly from Beyond the Music about Lollapalooza, Festival of Fatigue, why it isn't selling, why it, why only Saturday sold. And he also has a really interesting take on why Lala is kind of going down and why a lot of other music festivals in Chicago are having a lot of issues selling tickets too. Hmm. So maybe we'll slip, slip like a soundbite or two in next week if it's, you know, if it goes well. I think it'll go well. It sounds like yeah. it's going to go well. Yeah. Otherwise than that, I'm heading out. I will not be here for Emo Night LA. I will be down in Atlanta for Shaky Knees. Mm -hmm. So if anyone is down there for Cinco de Mayo weekend, hit me up. <laughs> Hell yeah. I actually bought uh, Friday and Saturday tickets to uh, Lollapalooza. Uh, I will say Friday is kind of like the only day I would consider maybe buying a ticket because that's like the most artists I would want to see that day. Yeah. Bring Me the Horizon. Um Chevelle around that day and uh, Childish Gambino and all I'm going to watch Chevelle. I don't even care. Um, but yeah, Friday looks like it has the most artists that like I wanted to see. Yeah. And then Saturday had 21 pilots and uh, a couple of other know, acts. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, they, um, Friday also has nothing nowhere. Yeah. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I'm going Friday, Saturday to Lollapalooza. I'll remind you guys that if you are there uh, to say hello and to remind me, that you listen to the podcast because I'm sure that nobody listens to the podcast. Shut up. This is literally what I tell everybody when they talk to us about it. Like, yeah, I know from the podcast. Like, what? I will say thanks to everyone who comes up to us in the past couple, like the past month, actually, and been yeah. like, I'm a fan of your podcast because I still don't, I still don't understand how. It's still weird. It's still weird. Uh, when we were at, when, when Cisco was uh, DJing with us, uh, some guy came up. And like flagged me over and I was like, hey, what's up? And he goes, I saw you guys open for something corporate at the Metro. And I was like, you definitely did not. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then Cisco like comes up like, Wait a second. and he goes, are you looking for me? And then he goes, he turns to, he turns to Cisco, doesn't say like, oh, sorry about that or anything else to me. He just turns to Cisco and goes, Yo, I saw you guys open for something corporate oh at the Metro. Like, just starts over. And I'm like, all right. Like, I guess I don't think I look at all like Adam Siska. You do not. I not mean, let's look at, let's check the tapes, but I'm pretty confident I look nothing like Adam Siska. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that happened. So that was a funny, it was, Emo Night LA was a funny night. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, another plug-ish sort of thing. Uh, we want some t-shirts. Like, we want cool swag. Um, and we got a contact from, uh, from a, a pin maker who was asking if we had any ideas and we had any concepts or we wanted to get some stuff rolling. And um, we were like, I mean, yeah, but also, like, what? <laughs> um <laughs> So we we want to. I think that uh, I'm hoping that there's a, a group of people out there that would actually want to own a piece of emo social club merchandise, be a part of the club. That's my favorite <laughs> idea for like all of our merch is like it's a, it's a club. Like you got to put like some club ass shit on there. <laughs> but um, if you would like a shirt, uh, you should let us know because <laughs> I don't want to just. Out. We're like compiling things and like getting it together. So, and if you feel like there's some type of design or motif, we should like 
maybe go with or something besides like our obvious logo let us know because we're trying to get like weave things out and we're not too yeah. sure it's um, really what you guys like, are looking for necessarily <laughs> yeah it's really tough to like predict because we don't know what our audience who our audience is or you know how to really market to them so like usually like in any band i've been in you just get like logo tees like that's what you do first and you just get like your logo on the front of a t-shirt usually in black and then like that's it that's the t-shirt and send send t-shirt uh yeah. and I, I i i guess that's like the simplest thing we could do is do like a logo t-shirt but i also don't know if anybody want wants that like does anybody like just a simple emo social club yeah. You know, do you want it to be just basic like it? Do you want it to be what we have as our logo or do you want it to be like wavy or do you want it to be like <laughs> aesthetically different? I need to know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm 24. He's 32 and old. He doesn't know. Well, we don't we know, don't know the who kids. we're selling it to. Like I have I've been in bands where I just have a box of T-shirts sitting in a basement somewhere or sitting in my living room. And it's like this is not worth the effort if nobody's going to purchase them. So we need kind of an idea of where these shirts are going to go. Like before we just spend all of our, we make no money doing this podcast. This is entirely funded by ourselves, just putting stuff out there and like hoping for the best, uh, working and, and working the grind, which I don't like that term necessarily when it comes to like yeah. content creation, it's not really a grind. It's like, you're just creating things. Uh, but in this case, it's like we are doing this to hopefully yeah. one day be able to just have it sort of self-sustain. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to make any money from it overall. I'm just trying to keep it like costs, cost neutral. Uh, yeah. And T-shirts would really help with that. Like if if people are willing to buy them, people are interested in them. We want to make designs so that you can help us be cost neutral <laughs> and like just allow us to keep doing this without having to like go into massive massive debt and if you've ever like yeah i lost all my money in the great podcasting uh <laughs> bubble of 2019 uh yeah so i i would love some feedback of just like i you know if you just want a shirt or if you want a button or if you want a sticker or you know enamel pins if you want something like we are willing to go forth and create and make it. And uh, we have artist friends. We have people that would work on this kind of stuff for us. But we need uh, sort of that knowledge that like, yo, people actually want this before we're just like, all right, here it exists. Here we are. We've manifested it into a real thing. Cause... So basically leave a comment somewhere on our socials, yeah. on Instagram, on Twitter, on our Facebook Leave it even in like the iTunes review. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I just want to know With what five you stars. want. It's five stars to get a t-shirt. <laughs> five star review. If you give us four, you are not getting whatever you ask for. <laughs> no, you can have whatever you want. It costs $10 more with every star that is under five. <laughs> I just give you for one you. star. These are $90 t-shirts all of a sudden. <laughs> Uh, yeah so yeah comment on on anything we got just like let us know in some way we read everything we check everything we're looking at at every social media and and place that we post episodes and everything so uh please let us know we would love to make cool stuff for you because and, and, i i would wear it too i'd be walking out here just like cool t-shirts and yeah cool i'd be pins. like hey look and, there's my brand and everyone would be like what's yeah. that i'd be like it's me 
Am yeah. I a decrepit old man? But I also don't want that to be the only customer. It's just me and you. Like we're the only people that have any faith in this goddamn project. <laughs> I know. I want I want more people to have faith. Um so please have faith in us and continue to do so and let us know what kind of merch you want, especially with the impending um summer. Yeah. First fall, third summer. God knows what the fuck is going on here in Chicago. Just Let us know hot. what you want to wear when it's hot outside. Yeah, we'll make some tanks. We'll make dad hats if you want that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, but let us would... know before we make it. I don't know what you want. I don't wear hats. It obstructs my bow. As we yell into the void, I don't know what you want. What do I? It's what do I do for you? How many new parents feel about like their baby, and they're yeah. just like the baby's crying, obviously cannot communicate, and they're just like, "What the fuck do you want?" Yeah. And it just keeps crying. But this is the opposite because we hear no sound, and we keep asking what people want, and then it's like people are like on the other side, just like, "Why are they yelling at me?" I naturally yell at almost everyone I talk to. I'm not That's... sorry. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, just really if you see Lizzie on the street, tell her you want a t-shirt, she will scream at you. I'll be happy about it, though. Listen. Yeah, super stoked on it. So podcasts are a new age media method that a lot of people obviously like us use. So we can get either more information or just kind of be entertained like the old school radio shows used to be back when radio was invented in the 1930s. And this is no different. Obviously, we do politics and music talk. But what happens when people don't like it and vehemently are against podcasts because they're arguing that is actually ruining music? I actually found this article from the Washington Post. And it's an op-ed article by Chris Richards, a pop music critic. And he essentially states that he doesn't really like podcasts, but then kind of goes into detail saying he likes well-constructed podcasts and that he feels like he just hasn't found one yet, meaning he wants something that's edited together. You have kind of more of an NPRS style, which... I get it. I appreciate that. That's the type of podcast I personally really like to edit and work on, but it's not like everyone's going to do that. We obviously don't always do that type of stuff unless we're doing our own individual segments where we're bringing it in being like, I did this, throw this in. So in the way that he's also arguing that we're too busy listening to podcasts and eavesdropping in onto other people's conversations when listening to podcasts, especially like podcasts, like we do here, and that we're basically just saying this is podcast nation now. There's like no new music. There's no filtration of it, which I find super interesting, especially for somebody who is in their, their main goal is to research new music, whether it be obviously he's a pop music critic. So it's a little bit easier in some senses, but there's also underground pop. So I really one really just want to know how what is his other experience with it? with people just not maybe listening to music or researching music. But I also want to say, is that even new? Because I know that even before podcasts, I had to like really like yell at my friends to check out new bands because they just didn't feel like it was necessary. So is it really a new concept or is it something that's just being brought more to light because podcasts are another popular form of entertainment? 
through a new media aspect. Yeah. So basically this article is kind of saying that, so in my, in my mind, this is kind of a, a Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, uh, thought process that I've heard him say on many podcasts and other formats. Cause he puts all the same shit out on everything. Right. Um, but basically that every, every form of audio medium is, uh, fighting for share of ear. So, for example, podcasts aren't competing with each other. Well, they are, but they're not just competing with each other for listeners. Bands aren't competing with other bands for who's downloading their music and listening to it. They're competing within the same realm of if you're listening to audio, you can really only listen to one thing at any given second. So you're competing with every other song that exists and every podcast that exists. Um, but I... I don't know. I kind of find it strange about like he, I, from what I'm I'm skimming through it again. Uh, there's mostly talk of like bigger, more produced uh, uh, podcasts that have money behind them. Uh, he brings up Serial, Pod Save America. Uh, right. You know these are these are are people that have money behind it. They make it more like a glossy sort of thing on it, more like a news program would be. Uh, just as an audio format rather than as a, uh, a visual format in most cases, because a lot of these are also streamed and put on YouTube. Hi, by the way, uh, email social club on YouTube. Um, but I mean, one of the, the, the reasons why people like podcasting so much is that <clears throat> literally anybody can fucking do it. <laughs> like we're both sitting in our rooms right now <laughs> recording a that, goddamn this podcast. This is not my room. This is my grandpa's room. You need to stop saying door. that. You need to stop saying that. You need to keep bringing that back up. You need to get a door and you need to move out. But anyway. <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, it's very strange to me that someone is sort of complaining about like the produced podcasts that – I don't know. I, I feel like the whole the whole thing about podcasts is, of course, that anybody can do it. And it's a very like social medium where anybody can make their own podcast and put it up. And and it's all about like working towards a, a having sort of an audience and a goal with that. And of course, there are always going to be people that are making, you know, news podcasts that are going to sound really good. NPR being like one of the bigger ones of like news format and like it's supposed to be news that you're listening to like on the radio. And I don't know. It's like, are you complaining about the radio too? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm having it's, a hard time really understanding. Right. I mean, if you, if you break it down in the way it's basically saying I'm too good for this, like we should be, you know, just listening to music and then looking at like the old school way of which we get media and entertainment, which mm. I understand, but you have to be socially forward with your innovations you can you can't be a laggard for your entire life otherwise yeah. you end up with a flip phone in 2019 <laughs> yeah and like i mean the obvious other thing about podcasts is that they come out more consistently <laughs> and they're more long form like having <clears throat> two uh, let's say it's an episode uh, two episodes a week it's a podcast that puts out you know one in the beginning of the week one later in the week and you can listen to them for like an hour to two hours. And that's like, you're listening. Well, they're putting those out every single week. There's more media, whether it's news or whether it's just entertainment or whether it's like whatever they're creating, 
you have more and more and more and more and more to listen to. Whereas uh, an artist puts out a CD or an album and it's like, okay, well now we have this for like probably two years unless they start doing singles in the meantime or like artists, mus- musicians don't put out music that often. So like, I mean, obviously pop musicians are different than emo and pop punk musicians, obviously. So they're not putting it out as often because they have to produce and write it. And more often than not, they're severely underfunded. Yeah, <laughs> so they can't put out all that, all that music super quickly. I think that, I, I, I mean, to me, because mu- music is kind of the same way now. Like in all the equipment that I have to record this podcast, I can also record music right now. I could do a full album on my computer and put it out tomorrow if I wanted to. If I had the music ready to go, record it, put it out. Uh, and it doesn't really matter the quality necessarily. It's just like, you know, you're putting it out. Like, I don't, you know, as people will attest to, uh, our podcast is not the most uh, technologically best sounding, but we're doing our goddamn best. Guys, there's no yeah, money on, in guys. this fucking podcast. Let us. At live. least we're doing it. We're back to yelling at that void again. Um, but like music is the same way. Like musicians could, if they wanted to, put out a song a week as well. Like they, they could do videos once a week because it's, it's about, I mean, inevitably it's about the time and the money that's behind it. And if you don't have any money and you have to spend all this time making it and you make no money on the other end, like, of course not. But, uh, the idea of like it being so democratized where anybody is able to do this medium and put it out as much as they want to, or as often as they want to, or as good as they want to, like whatever it is, like, it's all about the time and the dedication that you have to it. So if artists aren't doing that and someone says, well, I'm going to listen to this album and I might listen to a podcast and I really enjoy like these people talking about this. And I really, really like talking about these topics. Like, I just don't understand like where both cannot coexist in the same world. And I don't, I mean, this sounds to me like, honestly, it sounds to me like a take of like, I'm just going to have a real like anti take just to, just to get people to read my article. Like he talks about how he posted it as a tweet and people were like angry at his tweet. And I'm like, are you just coming on here to say, oh, I posted a tweet and people were mad. He was so mad about my tweet. Let me write an article about it. It's uh, that to me is like why op-eds are fucking stupid. Yeah, op-eds are, I have I have issues with op-eds because at the end of the day, a lot of places obviously vet people that for op-eds you usually have to be an editor, but there's also a lot of places like Huffington Post um, that is really not really considered too much of a credible news source um, over the past seven years as much anymore because they kind of let anyone just write. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be people who don't, who don't have any journalism background experience too. Yeah. or reporting, um, interviewing backgrounds. And when it comes to op-eds, you don't really have to have that much credibility behind you. You can have like the tiniest sliver and that suffices, which really shouldn't anymore. But in today's day and age of a uh, new media, it does, unfortunately. And obviously op-eds are to see both sides, but at the end of the day, if you're just putting it out just to like get a jazz out of somebody, and Isn't essentially that, all you're saying is, well, I tried these, but I'm basically going to be elitist and say that unless they're like expertly produced and put out, it's not worth my time. 
okay, that's great. But there are a lot of people who don't expertly produce some of their podcasts and they also do really well. Mm. So there's not really a way. It's just you saying that I'm better than you and I know I'm better than you. And I think that's so counterintuitive, especially because he says in his closing um, sentences, I keep coming back to lessons that animate Kowalski's ways of hearing a podcast Experience is information. Noise is signal. Sounds have meaning. If we're still splashing around in the premineral muck, if the greatest days of podcasting are still ahead of us, and they may be, I think they'll be ruled by the pod people who understand that. Or maybe this. Whatever asks for our most attentive listening should aspire to be the most worthy of it. I can understand where he says noise is signal, experience is information, sounds have meaning. Yes, it does. That's why when you ever you're doing whatever you're talking. You always want to make sure you have a point or you make your point and you don't say something dumb, which is, I can see why if he's listening to a bunch of different podcasts that are, you know, possibly independent podcasts, they're not always going to be structured the right way because anyone can make a podcast. Like Rose said, does they mean that they always should? Maybe not, but the accessibility is there, which is great. Mm-hmm. But if you're just going to muck around, basically, and shit talk all these smaller podcasts who aren't able to expertly produce them like NPR, for example, or like, mm. um, what is it? Um, welcome to night Vale, mm. where that is their whole ass job <laughs> is to go out and report to interview, to edit, to voice track mm. that. I wish that was my whole ass job. Listen, be nice. It's not though. Hashtag I have three other jobs. Hashtag Plus this higher in school. If <laughs> I could do so that, she can just do that <laughs> to make you feel better about a smaller podcast not being mucky sounding. Then you can go fuck yourself, first of all. Um, but listen, there's a lot of people out there who know content and know how to speak it, but they may not have the accessibility for it. And while not everyone is a journalist and we don't want to have gatekeeping in journalism, there are also times where sometimes it's necessary, especially when people say they are journalists and don't know AP style. So I want to go back to something you mentioned about uh, both sides, because this is something that, I mean, it's an op-ed. It is literally like somebody who is just giving their opinion and writing it out and like that's the whole point of it. And I've kind right. of felt like there's no real need for like this is Washington Post that has this article and it's like you don't need to have an op-ed section that just talks about what he tweeted. Like Twitter is an op-ed section. Every journalist, everybody who writes for a newspaper or writes for an online whatever is on Twitter writing about that shit. Most people are just reporting what they read on Twitter. Like there is no real need for you to have an op-ed column about what you tweeted. Just tweet it and move the fuck on and deal with the re- like reaction you, you get from it, that. And then if you interviewed and talked with people and like their responses, I could see that as being a constructive op-ed, but this yeah. was more of like a gloating, I'm better than you op-ed, which is yeah. what's, what's the reason? You spent at least a minimum of six hours writing this piece and editing it and sending it to an editor and drafting a proposal and a pitch. And this is like kind of the, 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 the problem with these mediums being so democratized is that 
when anybody can say whatever they want and put it out and and have content and and something going out to whomever the audience is, whether it's one person, hi guys, or if it's a, you know a, a thousand people, it, it's you you still are building an audience and you're able to say whatever you want to say and you I mean inevitably all of these things that you're you're learning and you're doing in in school right now that I've never learned that I've never been a part of is like you don't necessarily have to have them because you're not advertising to an audience in the same way you're just able to put something out on the internet and if people want to listen to it they can listen to it uh right. I heard a really I mean, interesting we have obviously a plethora of options like people can go and listen to like pizza and pop punk podcast, which it's great, but people have options. You don't have to listen to us. You can go and keep looking for whatever you, suits you, you but don't Please do trash on us. everyone else. Unless people are like being a bunch of like racist right wing assholes, then yes, trash on them. But again, so this is the argument and no, I do not agree with racist right wing assholes. You're a racist right wing asshole. You asshole who's also <laughs> racist and right wing. Um, I don't hate you because you're right wing. I hate you because you're racist and an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Just let's be fair. Well, let's believe, what, this believe whatever you want and then be an asshole, but just be an asshole. Um, but I, I think it brings up a weird like sort of transition and sorry that I'm kind of like going off topic a little bit here, but That's I heard fine. somebody say something the other day about um, like platforming people and like giving people a, a giving people an opportunity to speak on whatever they want to speak about. And because people are so inflammatory that you keep bringing them on, uh, this person talked about Ben Shapiro specifically and just said like, why do you keep having somebody who is literally just giving their opinion, stating it as fact without giving a shit about the actual facts or giving a shit about how it might be proven wrong. They're literally just coming on TV in order to get themselves on TV more and more and more right. and more. It's really and, shock value and to do whatever they feel like. Yeah. So then if major news doesn't have to worry about what <laughs> you're putting out there and anybody can just kind of do this and build an audience and you're getting through to people and then because you have an audience, other people who want your audience to pay attention bring you on. It's like we're not following these rules. We're not following these lo- these these sort of things that we should be following to give people the correct information and to follow with journalism ethics. We're literally just trying to get eyes on our shit, trying to get ears listening to our shit. And my my thought about this article specifically is like you're just trying to get some eyes on your article or your writing because you tweeted something inflammatory and you just go after something that people really enjoy because that will help. So back to the first topic. Stop talking shit about Game of Thrones. Stop talking shit about the Avengers. <laughs> it's all related. What What's also interesting, though, with that, <laughs> with what you're saying about views, um, actually in class the other day, I learned that originally the way that journalism kind of happened, obviously, Ben Franklin, 1776. If you ever watch Liberty's Kids on PBS Kids, you probably know a little bit. Um <laughs> or doesn't remember anything from high school sure. um, history class. And but what was interesting is that a lot of the news covers that they ended up getting were from people who are really biased on each side, especially during the revolution. There was the Puritans and then there was the Patriots. Well, so the Puritans ended up eventually moving to Canada and settling there. So good for <laughs> you, Pur- Puritans. Way to the go. Patriots stayed here and established America, which 
arguably is good. And <laughs> the way that they were reporting, though, was that they were reporting directly from military and from the government because those were the main people who were experiencing one level of death and casualties and everything that's going on with that, especially once we move up to the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So the Civil War, we we lost the we you know it was bad it was bloody but a lot of the things were very over exaggerated with how fighting happened mm-hmm. and because that's because they wanted good pr they wanted it to look right so a mm-hmm. lot of publications actually did that to they fluffed it up even if it wasn't like 100% factual mm-hmm. and that was something that was also used a lot in the revolution because george washington actually sucked ass as being a general and the only war that he won was the Battle of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Every other time he failed and ended up getting most of his men killed to that point. <laughs> and but they fluffed it up and they were like, oh no, we were like surrounded, like very over dramatic. Like if you're watching like untold stories of the ER on like TLC, listen, you probably <laughs> do. It's a guilty pleasure, listen. And it's like the most overly dramatic, like, oh my god, like her toes falling off or some shit, and they're like screaming and falling and this bad acting. That's pretty much what they wanted in their PR press release for people to print and to disseminate to the people. And that was the only way that people were finding out what, were, what was going on, too. Hmm. So, But it was the most innovative way that they were actually producing news uh, compared to Britain because they had people and, like, horses running between all the colonies to deliver updates. So that was the one good thing about it. But that was pretty much back to your point of, you know, people just wanted for clout, essentially. That's mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. And if we're still trying to compare it to music, there's such a thin line that he states of it being problematic to music and music listening services. If he did want to establish that more, he could have pulled up Spotify statistics, comparing comparing podcasts and comparing music and both they, streaming. They just bought uh well, it was like maybe a couple of years ago at this point, but they bought like a podcasting company and uh, they also bought Anchor, which is a Anchor is an app. Uh, I almost used it for us, but decided not to. Uh, Anchor is like you you literally just can have your headphones on your your iPhone or Android. Mm-hmm. Or I, I think it's Android, too. And then you just like join a call with each other and you're just talking to your iPhone and like you make a podcast, you record, you can put in like little like musical stings, you can add whatever. There's even like advertising and stuff on it. Like you literally can make a podcast just on your phone in like 15 minutes with no work. And Spotify's like, yep, we're buying that because they know that like podcasting is getting a lot more ears. Podcasting is something that people are are interested in doing as well as listening to. And I think if Spotify, which is a couple, few billions of, wor- yeah. of worth, uh, there was an interview with the uh, the creator of Spotify um, on a podcast, uh, Freakonomics Radio. Uh, it was pretty good because they kind of call him out for like some of the, the issues of Spotify too, not paying people being one of it. Uh, the other one being that they feel that Apple is, yeah, Apple is doing some fucked up shit. It's like, no. Oh, yeah. You know, you knew this was Spotify. Um, also, Apple is probably doing some fucked up shit, but also you know what it is. Anyway, I digress. The point is Spotify uh, being a very successful company for selling a music subscription service knows that everybody's moving to podcasting as well. And they then invest in it and they put their money where their mouth is. Apple being one of the largest competitors in the podcasting realm overall has already had it. And it's like, well, 
okay, we need to compete with it. And now I think that we can see that there's going to be more competition in the podcasting space and there's going to be on the music space because musicians cannot keep up with the same amount of work. So we're just going to enjoy it differently. People are going to enjoy whatever they're going to enjoy. We may overall lose some, uh, some, you know, there might be more of a market share of people listening to podcasts than listening to music. Maybe more people who are musicians do podcasts to promote their music because that's something that you should be fucking doing. <laughs> if any musicians are listening, start a goddamn podcast. Go download Anchor right now and just start talking. I mean, go talking. Look, look at like my career of MXPX. He does a podcast. I think about every week or every other week. And yeah. he just set a record for the longest uninterrupted podcast. I think it was like just under four hours. Damn. Uh, Shane Toll does a lead, sing- lead singer, whatever it is lead singer syndrome or something like that uh, where he just talks to like singers of bands and he's been doing that for years and years. Like uh, you looked at me like you didn't know who Shane told was Shane told of Silverstein. Okay. Thank yeah, you. There you go. Sorry. Forgot. These are some older, uh, you know, smile when you're I mean, I know who Silverstein is like, I know who discovering the waterfront. I just don't really listen to them. Discovering the waterfront. I know. I, I, I like a few songs. Um, yeah, they, somebody they, who social distortion was today at work so oh boy uh if you're a musician start a podcast it's it's such a good idea for everyone at this point like this is and i will i will also say that as for as much as i fuck it up this is one of the easiest things to do like technically i make it more complicated because i'm trying to put it on youtube youtube.com slash email social club we don't have that yet we need 100 subscribers to get there please go subscribe to us on youtube but <laughs> when uh you know when when you want to do it it literally is like getting simpler and simpler and it's easier and easier to put it up on the internet and get your voice out there and i think that overall that is a good thing that is a net good that more people are able to do something and build their own audiences and make money on their own terms and do their own thing uh i think that having the opinion that it's bad will get you popular on this podcast for a minute and uh, um, maybe on Washington Post. But overall, like, it's it's fucking dumb. It's a dumb argument. You're dumb. Don't, don't just to piss people off. Like, yeah. if you make a statement, make a statement to, like, and stick to it. Make it defining. Even if it's something that, you know, isn't traditionally agreed upon. Like, stick with it and make it defining. Otherwise, you're just as bad as everyone else who fabricates basically in the end yeah assholes all right that is another uh, episode of the emo social club podcast uh thanks for coming back and i was serious about that youtube shit like go on youtube and follow us and subscribe and like and comment uh, we literally just want you to get us to 100 subscribers so that I can get the name Emo Social Club on YouTube so that I can then actually say like it's Emo Social Club or slash Emo Social Club. Like can't say that yet. It's dumb. Uh, yeah. Go and check us out on, on the Internet in many places and support our, our <laughs> support our money drain of a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, do that, us and then tell us where do you want us to money drain more into merchandise for you guys to 
get a hold of and have fun with because it would be cool. But we also want to know what you want. Yeah. So comment before we spend on our, our social media, on our YouTube, on our fucking reviews on iTunes, even but five stars. Please. If you give us four stars, suddenly the price is more money. It's more money yeah. for you. Yeah. I, I will hold true to that. I will check your review scores. Uh, anyway, that has been our episode. And uh, from all of us here at the Emo Social Club podcast, I'm Brian. I'm Lizzie. And goodbye.